gang. Welcome to Sidebar with John Duran. I am broadcasting live this morning from Miami, actually North Miami. I'm here for the annual Naleo Conference. That's the National Association of Latino Elected Officials. We have a thousand uh, Latino elected officials here in Miami, and uh, I serve as the national chairman of Naleo uh, in my gig as the mayor of West Hollywood, mayor council member of West Hollywood, and uh, of course, um, now as chairman of Naleo. So here I am, and I first want to start out by thanking the folks at Power 96 and uh, Country Kiss 99.9 here in Miami for hosting me today. This is so cool. Thank you guys for hosting us so that we can do our regular sidebar show. So let me tell you what we got going on today. I'm going to be uh, joined by uh, Miami Beach Commissioner Michael Gongora who is uh, openly gay, the first openly gay member of the Miami Beach City Council. And uh, in the place that, you know, is the South Beach, he is the first openly gay guy to win that office. And he's Latino. And so he'll be joining me at about... uh uh, uh, on the 30 mark. And uh, I, I'm adjusting the time zone change, you guys. I'm three hours ahead of you all, but my body is still on Los Angeles time, but it is three hours ahead here in Florida. And then after that, I'm going to, we're doing a little session called the Three Gay Caballeros uh, at the top of the next hour because I've got uh, Ricardo Lara who is uh, the first openly gay statewide elected official from the great state of California. He is the uh, California insurance commissioner, but I've known him since he was a low-level staff member from an assemblyman named Marco Fireball way back in the 1980s and 90s. And he went from that to becoming an assembly member in the California State Assembly. And then he moved up and became a California state senator uh, representing Southeast Los Angeles. And then he ran statewide and uh, became the first openly gay person in California to win statewide, representing 34 million people. Good for you, Ricardo. And so he's just, but I've known him for, I don't even know, 15, 20. He is hysterically funny. He is so funny. And I don't know much of how much of his humor he's going to bring live on the air because I think he just likes to joke with me when we're one-on-one. But we'll, we'll see if he brings that personality with him. And, and then from the great state of Arizona, uh, we've got Daniel uh, Hernandez. Now, Daniel was the staffer to Congresswoman uh, Gabby Giffords. And if you remember the story, uh, Gabby Giffords, uh, who represents the Phoenix area, was shot by a gunman at a public event. <clears throat> and there was a staff member who ran to her side and put pressure with his hand on her wound uh, and ended up saving her life um, and um, then went on to take her seat in the Arizona legislature. And that's Daniel. And he is an openly gay guy, Daniel Hernandez. Well, as fate would have it, Daniel has a hysterical sense of humor, too. So I don't know what's going to happen, gang, at the top of the next hour. You're going to have uh, three gay Latinos all on the air at the same time uh, from Arizona, California. And I'm here in Florida. We're all going to be here in Florida. And um, they're both hysterically funny. I don't know how much humor they're going to bring. I told them to bring the cheese man, which is Spanish for gossip. And we'd spend some time uh, laughing and with one another. So um, we will do that when they get here. And then finally, my final guest today is Crisanta Duran, no relation. Uh, and so um, she is the speaker of the uh, Colorado uh, State House. So she is a straight ally. <clears throat> she's not a lesbian, but she's a straight ally. But she has been uh, representing the Denver area in the uh, Colorado legislature forever. And she has done so much LGBT advocacy. And I- I've known her for a while. And it's going to be great to have her on the air with me finishing up our show. So there you go. Well, we're, we're going to have Michelle Martinez and a, and a councilwoman on with me in the, this very first uh, section here. But unfortunately, she got stuck at the Telemundo Center. And um, what are we all doing here? So there are a thousand Latino elected officials uh, from all over the United States and Puerto Rico uh, who are here in Miami. We gather once a year. And uh, this morning we had uh, the presidential candidate forum where we invited uh, people who are running for president in the year 2020 to come and address a thousand Latino elected officials. And uh, of course, the Trump was invited and uh, declined. (laughs) No kidding. Can you imagine Donald Trump 
in front of a thousand Latino elected officials after he called this rapist and criminals and Mexico doesn't send its best. And uh, just last week here in Florida at a rally in Orlando, vowed that he was going to deport a million immigrants uh, (laughs) immediately. Wow. And of course, uh, the Trumpets all cheered him. And um, it's like, seriously, first of all, do you think you have that much personnel in ICE or the DEA uh, combined to actually gather up a million people? And where exactly would you put these million people to make sure they're afforded due process of law uh, before you tried to deport them? I mean, Donald, do you even think about what rolls off your tongue and out of your mouth? I know it's red meat for your base, and they all cheer, thinking, good, he's getting the brown people. Uh, But seriously, dude, you just make no sense. And, you know, this reminded me, because it's not the first time this ploy has been played. You, You may or may not know your American history, but under the Eisenhower administration back in uh, the 1950s, uh, they created something, and don't snicker when I say this, because this is actually what they called it, Operation Wetback is what they called it in the Eisenhower administration to deport, mandatorily deport uh, thousands of Mexican-Americans back to Mexico. Except the problem was when they executed on it, they ended up deporting a whole lot of people who were born in the United States, who'd never even been to Mexico, had no family there, and uh, because they were dark-skinned and had names like Gonzalez and Hernandez and Martinez, uh, they deported them to Mexico anyway. Terrible, terrible. So, Donald, this isn't the first time the United States has started rounding up uh, Latino people and trying to move us around. And it, it's so ironic, of course, when you think about it, because I got to address the delegates this morning, and, and I told them, I, I don't understand why people are so uh, fearful of, of Latino or Spanish-speaking people uh, and who we are and what we represent because we have been shaping the culture of the United States for hundreds of years. The Puertoricanos, the Puerto Ricans up in Spanish Harlem in New York City uh, and New Jersey, and, of course, the Cubanos uh, here in, in uh, Florida and uh, in uh, Tampa. And uh, if you want to even go back uh, further... Just remember that, uh, that children's rhyme. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And, uh, you know, he was Italian. But the people who funded him, the people that were given the orders, Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand, they were given those orders in Spanish. <laughs> we have been here in the part, this part of the New World long before Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, and Thomas Jefferson in 1776. Anyway, that's enough of my rambling to start out the show. Welcome to Sidebar, John Duran. Looking forward to visiting with all of my guests today as they arrive. Thank you for tuning in uh, here on Channel Q. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A Cubano influence because we are broadcasting Sidebar with John Duran live from Miami Beach at this moment. I'm John Duran, your host, and uh, I'm here for the National Association of Latino Elected Officials, uh, wearing my little city council member hat for a moment, and uh, I'm the national chairman of Naleo, the first openly gay national chairman of Naleo, uh, which is awesome and fantastic, and... Um, uh, you know, it was a little funky when I first got elected to be, uh, I'd been on the board for a while, but uh, the staff came and said, you know, we think we think they're ready for an openly gay chairman. I said, really? E- even the, the Texans? <laughs> even the, the Republicans from Florida? And uh, you know what? They were. They are. They're perfectly fine. Uh, both Democrats and Republicans. You know, maybe it's because 
each of them, like each of us, has had to walk in the shoe of of the other. You know, being a, a minority group that is despised. Although I know that doesn't always play out. I mean, if you look at like Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court or uh, some other people with some pretty far right wing views that uh, are people of color. But I mean, for the most part, I think that uh, uh, people of color have some degree of empathy and compassion. Uh, having been on the receiving end of uh, discrimination. Now, I know that currently in vogue with the Trump administration, the the, the current evils, well, I think he seems to be laying off the Muslims for just a bit. Hear that, Jason? You're in the clear for a little bit. He's laying off your people. Uh, he's decided to move on. Uh, this is interesting, guys. Jason's in Los Angeles, and I'm here in Florida, and uh, we're still doing the show this way live. Uh, but uh, Muslims were his first target, and my dear friend Jason is, in fact, a Muslim. And um, and uh, he's moved on, and uh, now his target uh, of the Trump rage seems to be immigrants again, because that really plays to his base, that somehow immigrants are a threat. Now, I hate to tell you, but as I was saying before the commercial break, uh, the, the Cubans uh, who settled Florida, <clears throat> first in Tampa, uh, long before Miami, uh, they were settling in Tampa, been there for quite a long time since the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> I hate to go back that far, but the Spanish-American War, uh, Cubans have been in the Caribbean. And, and the Puerto Ricans, although, of course, there was a great migration that occurred after World War II into New York City, primarily into the Harlem area, making it Spanish Harlem. Uh, but the Puerto Ricans have kind of been around for a very long time also. But if there's any group that's been around a really long time, uh, it, it is the uh, Latinos who identify as Mexican-American down in the South. West, California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Why? Because that was all Mexico, gang. It was all Mexico until recent world history. And so, you know, I, I, you know I'm the first uh, person of color elected to the West Hollywood City Council, the only person of color ever elected to the West Hollywood City Council, um, Mexican-American, and uh, born and raised in Los Angeles, native Angelino, my hometown, but my parents uh, were born and raised in Silver City, New Mexico, and their parents, my grandparents, were also born and raised in Silver City, New Mexico. And my great-grandparents and my great-great-grandparents were also raised in that area, although it was not called Silver City back then. And my great-great-grandparents were there uh, sitting out in the middle of the Gila Desert when it was old Mexico. And so when, you know, people say, in a curious way, so John, when, when did your family uh, come across the border? I smile and I say back, no, babe, we didn't come across the border. Your border came across my family in 1912 when they made New Mexico and Arizona the 47th and 48th states of the United States of America. Yeah, just 100 years ago, hard to believe that the old glory was flying with only 46 stars and not 50. And uh, in 1912, they added Arizona and New Mexico, and New Mexico first, Arizona second, as 47 and 48 before uh, Alaska and Hawaii. And um, the reality is, you know, my family and people who look like me and people who speak Spanish and have uh, Mexican surnames, We've kind of been around the Southwest for a very, very long time. And so to, to watch the Trump rallies with this cry of, why don't you go home or go where you came from, man, it gets the hair on my neck bristled up. You know, like, wait a minute, Europeans, <laughs> you just got here a couple of hundred years ago, Europeans. Uh, my family and I have been here for centuries, man. And yeah, we scooted right over and said, sure, come in. Oh, of course, there was the whole Indian slaughter and, and the Spanish colonization and all that that happened. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm being trite about it. But, uh, uh, you know, clearly we've been here a long time. And the great promise of America isn't about 
you know, people being or seeing each other as separate, but unifying around common values that we hold as Americans. And one of the common values, uh, it, it's on that, the, the Statue of Liberty. Donald Trump, you know, for being a New Yorker, you, you probably don't know anything about the Statue of Liberty or the gift from France to the U.S. of that great lady or the Emma Lazarus poem at the bottom of the statue, bring me your tired, your poor, those yearning to breathe free, uh, bring your, your teeming refuse to my shores. We have welcomed people uh, from Italy, from Ireland, uh, from Catholic places, from Muslim places. And the, the great my immigration debate that we're having today has been held for hundreds of years and has always been a point of people feeling like the other has to be despised and hated. Enough, enough. We're a nation of immigrants. That's other than Native Americans. We are a nation of immigrants. All are welcome here. Everyone can pursue the American dream and everyone can worship as they see fit, love as they see fit, be treated equally under the law. And, uh, you know, if you can't see that Donald Trump, man, you do not deserve to be in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But of course, we all know that. All right, I am done ranting. We're gonna take another quick commercial break. Thank you for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you're getting at my heart man i love pitbull so much god that's awesome i am in pitbull's hometown i'm in miami uh surrounded by i hate to say it gang but so many beautiful Cuban men. I'm dying. I am dying out here. Oh, my God. So many beautiful, beautiful men of color. Anyway, uh, wow. I love Miami. If, 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 but for the mugginess and the wet heat, I might actually move here. But I'm a native Angelino. My people wandered in the desert, the, the Gila Desert and Sonora Desert for centuries, as I was telling you earlier in the hour. And uh, I'm sorry, this wetness just makes my hair curl and it makes my skin crawl. And I feel like there's bugs all over me. I just don't like it being this wet. But Miami is beautiful. I'm here for the National Association of Latino Elected Officials Conference. And what a great, great time we are having. Uh, our executive director, Arturo Vargas, who's been the executive director of Naleo, is an openly gay man. He's married to a federal judge. Uh, federal judge uh, William Fitzgerald. And um, he, you know, the fact that this national Latino organization, one of the big ones with an annual budget of $12 million a year, has uh, their chief executive officer, an openly gay Latino, chairman of the board, openly gay Latino. And believe it or not, the new president of the other board is incoming Ricardo Lada. So we're going to have a national Latino organization headed up by uh, three gay Latinos. And uh, when they get here, Ricardo will get here at two o'clock. We'll, you'll get to see and hear a bit more about him. But, you know, let me, uh, I, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Latinoism uh, today. And we don't usually do that on Sidebar. We talk about other stuff. But since I am in Miami, and since I have all this Latino empowerment here, ranging from the Speaker of the House of Colorado, Crisanta Duran, who will be with us later in the next hour, uh, to uh, Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lada, 
and uh, House Rep from Arizona, Daniel Hernandez. I'm taking full advantage of all this Latino empowerment to put them on the show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just divert for a moment away from Latino culture and politics because you'll get to hear plenty of that from my guests. But let's focus instead on the fact that it's Pride Month, L.A. Pride. Uh, had their Pride Month, San Francisco Pride. And of course, we are gearing up now for New York Pride and June 28th being the actual golden 50-year anniversary of the Stonewall uprising. You know, that people say riots. Riots isn't really correct term. I, I, I like uprising because that's really what happened. And, and it wasn't the first one. And I know, I know that um, a lot of our straight allies, they take the, the shortcut route and talk about Stonewall. I, I think even Barack Obama did this. Stonewall being the birth of the gay rights movement. Nah, it wasn't the birth. It wasn't the birth. There's a whole lot going on uh, before June 28, 1969, if you know your LGBT history. It wasn't even the first uprising. <clears throat> I mean, the Black Cat in Los Angeles happened uh, a few years before uh, Stonewall in 69. Well, the Black Cat happened in 67. But even before that, as I talked about on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, Cooper's Donuts is the first recorded incident. That was in downtown Los Angeles in 1959. Uh, the LAPD went into Cooper's Donuts on Main Street in downtown Los Angeles and began harassing uh, the transgendered women and the male hustlers who were hanging out at Cooper's Donuts. And uh, they, they resisted being bullied and fought back. Of course, you know, they all got arrested and taken away. But it is the first recorded incident of uh, our people fighting back against police oppression police being agents of the state. Because prior to that, uh, it, it, homosexuality was illegal in all 50 states and it was just a matter of round them up and put them together and, uh, and uh, let them go. So, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, we have just, uh, Michael Gongara has just walked into the studio. He's going to put on his earphones. And uh, uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Uh, can you hear me okay over there? Yeah. Welcome to Miami. <laughs> Thank you so much. Jason, can we? Uh, can you hear Michael's mic? Michael, speak in the mic. Hi. There you can are. you all hear me? Now we can hear you. Now we can hear you. Uh, so, um, Michael, tell you are the first openly gay city commissioner in Miami Beach, yeah? I am, and I'm the first openly gay Hispanic elected to any office in Florida. Wow. So I'm, yeah, it's great. It's hard to imagine now. I haven't been there quite as long as you. Yeah, I was the first one in California I 20 know you years were. ago. <laughs> I know you were. I was elected in 2006, so I'm wow. now 13 years. 13 years. I know, I was first elected at 18. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, Gongara, is that Cuban? I it see. is. Okay. It's actually Spanish. My grandfather's family was from San Sebastian mm -hmm. and went to Cuba where my grandmother's family had been for many generations. And my grandfather was actually in politics in Oriente, Cuba before coming to this country. Wow. Wow. Now, I've been to Havana. I went to Cuba. Oh, uh, yeah? Right before Trump came in, back during Barack Obama. I fell in love with that country. Yeah? You're probably, you, were, you weren't there. Were you there as a child? No. no. I was born here you in were, Miami. You were born here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what, you like the Cubanitos? <laughs> I was just sharing that with everybody before you walked in. I've fallen in love a hundred times. And I've only been here two days. I'm sure. I'm sure. So tell us a bit about how you ran for office and uh, when that came about. Well, you know, it was the traditional route. I was an activist. I was doing a lot of things in the city like people do. I was president of the Miami Beach Latin Chamber of Commerce. Wow. And I served on a number of boards. I was on our city's design review board and zoning board, and I was a special master over code compliance. So when the seat opened in 2006, I'd kind of done all, oh, and no, I'd been president of the Miami Beach Lawyers Association. So I'm one of those people who apparently likes joining organizations and getting to <laughs> getting to the top. Yeah, that's, what, that's how we've all taken the path up into elected office, though. Yeah. But here, you mean Fort Key West mm -hmm. and South Beach, I mean, I mean, these are words that are synonymous with gay culture, LGBT culture, but you were the first in 2006. The first and only, John. The only. You're yes. The, you have a caucus of one in, I know. in Florida. It's crazy, but everybody <laughs> thinks of Miami Beach as being a super diverse community, and we are. Yeah. 
But it's been interesting over the years. We haven't had another LGBT candidate get elected. So maybe things will change. We have elections coming up this year. You never know. Well, now you had a state rep, didn't you? There was a Republican. Isn't that right? What yeah, was his name? I met him once. Yeah, we did. We had a state rep, and he's he's running for commissioner. <laughs> so you may have a caucus, different parties. I guess if you're not part well, of Actually, I, he was a Democrat. I understand he was a Republican before, but... Ah, he's a Democrat now. Got yeah, it. Got yeah, it. yeah. So why... Um, I'm always curious. Key West, uh, if you know much about Key West. I love Key West, by the way. I love and, Key West, and, too. And I know the whole story of Hemingway, but why, why did the gays center on Key West? Just because it's beautiful? You know, it's gorgeous, and I think it was just this under-visited community. The LGBT community has a way of finding these fabulous niche areas. You know, you have it in California. I mean, look at Palm Springs, yeah. which has become an LGBT mecca. People seem to find these wonderful communities. West Hollywood was a blighted area, believe it or not. Yeah, so was South Beach. South Beach was too, you're right. All these beautiful Art Deco buildings falling into decay and into ruin. Yeah. And then the gays came in and rescued them all. Yeah, it was like... It was the perfect storm in South Beach because we had three groups. We had the LGBT community, we had the historic preservationist, and then we had that entertainment and fashion scene from the early 90s with Versace and the supermodels. Oh my God, Johnny. For okay, we're going to talk about Versace when we come back from the commercial. We got to take a quick commercial break. Will you stick around, Michael? Absolutely. Okay. Gang, thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we are broadcasting Sidebar with John Duran live from Miami uh, this uh, morning and afternoon, wherever in the country you are listening to us. So uh, we're talking with Michael Gongara, the city uh, commissioner of Miami Beach. Welcome back, Michael. Thanks, John. So how are you spending Pride Month, Michael? You're like a traveling uh, guy going everywhere. Well, you know, Miami Beach does our Pride in April. Because I, it's cooler. Because I, it's cooler. Right, right. And we don't compete with everybody. We are the spot to be in April. There is no <laughs> other place to be besides Miami Beach in April for Pride. Yeah. <laughs> but I am about to engage on the Pride Tour. Which is? I am leaving today for St. Petersburg Pride. Hey, St. Petersburg. Gotta love St. Pete, man. It's become so cool. Hello, <laughs> and shout out to all my friends in St. Pete. <laughs> and tonight, you know, it'll be fun. We get there. There's a free concert taking us back to the 90s with Lisa Loeb. Oh, yeah. wow. We had Paula Abdul in Los Angeles. Oh, I, I, you know, Paula is really turning it out, man. And Paula can dance. She can dance. And she's got to be, I was thinking, Madonna's 60. Now, I'm 48 on Grinder, but I'm closer to Madonna's age than anything. 48 but, on Grinder, does that mean you're 63? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Actually, no. I'm still in my 50s. Thank God. Still in my 50s. But uh, Paula Abdul's in her 50s also, and she yeah. was like being thrown around like a little puppy she, doll. I got to give it up to Paula, man. I've seen her when she performed on the Billboard Awards and some video from LA Pride, and she is turning it out. Go, Paula. Uh, yeah. And you were telling me during the break, Wilton Manors has an all all gay city council? Is they that? do. And actually, John, they did their pride last weekend. They call it the Stonewall Pride. Oh. And um, I unfortunately missed it because it was Father's Day and I was with my dad in Texas. But uh. that's another story for another day. But <laughs> they do a great pride. So last weekend was Wilton Manors. Yeah. This weekend, St. Pete. And then the following weekend, I'm going to New York World Pride. Oh, my God. And I'm working on getting tickets to Madonna at Pride Islands. I mean, what's the deal? It's sold out. Madonna's playing at New York Pride. Oh, yes. my. I did not yes. know that. Wow. Yes. That is going to be amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Why is it that uh, all these little small towns in Florida have all, I mean, so many LGBT. Wait, it's all gay men, I think. You have any lesbians elected in Florida? Of course. Okay, we don't have many in California, other than the legislature. We have them in the legislature. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we do, um, especially St. Petersburg. I got to say, it's a very mixed community because um, it happens sometimes. It's true in South Beach. Sometimes our community is a little segregated between the gay guys and gay girls. Right. But um, St. Petersburg, it's interesting. You know, it went last year. It's super mixed, super inclusive. And I even think in the choice of talent that they booked, Lisa Loeb, you know, it's appropriate for a town that size. But I think she's somebody that appealed to... Um, people over 40 mm -hmm. but also I think lesbians will get into it it's kind of like that moment when it was soft rock and yeah, you know yeah, Lilith yeah. Fair yeah, yeah, was yeah. happening so I think it's kind of good, cool programming for where it's going to be you know one of the things about West Hollywood now West Hollywood is 40% LGBT Mm -hmm. But of that 40%, 90% are gay men. And it's primarily because of the cost of housing. Housing is so expensive in West Hollywood. Lesbians and all women still make less of, you know, on the dollar than men do. So West Hollywood becomes very difficult to, to live in for women and lesbians. But same dynamics here or housing? I imagine housing is going up all over. Florida. Housing has really gotten out of control in my city. It's mm -hmm. really an issue we're working on, affordable housing, workforce housing. You know, um, my experience has been, and with my lesbian friends, and I love them, is that they meet, they go on a date, and then they move in together and marry. So, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Lesbian second date, bring the U-Haul. You have yeah, uh, yeah. people sharing the cost of living, whereas my gay friends, you know, tend to uh, yeah, what was your name? get around a little bit more. <laughs> what, what was your name again? <laughs> um, but yeah, housing is an issue. And you know, it's interesting. We were talking on the commercial break about different communities, Key West and Palm Springs and South Beach and West Hollywood and all these wonderful kind of LGBT neighborhoods. But the interesting part about all of them is that they all were a little bit blighted and run down. They were fantastic places. Yeah. And Castro the LGBT too. community yeah. found them and yep. revamped them and polished them up. And right. everybody wants to be there. Yeah, that is the story of our from, uh, from Greenwich Village to, uh, to Chelsea, to uh, the Castro in San Francisco, to West Hollywood, to Miami Beach. It is our story. There's a really good book called There Goes the Gayborhood. Have you picked it up and read it? I haven't. I it's gotta a, read that. It's a really good book and it talks about how gay neighborhoods are disappearing. And at the end, I'll, I'll save you time. I'll save you 300 pages. The author concludes it is the commercial strips that identify gay neighborhoods. That it's the businesses that end up identifying a new neighborhood as LGBT sanctuary or LGBT safe. Which I thought was really interesting because... Castro, that's what happened. A lot of their gay businesses turned over and they lost their identity. I think that's true, especially in South Beach. And I always say this. When I was a young guy in Miami, the gay beach was up by 21st, 22nd Street. Once the palace opened on Ocean Drive, the iconic bar with the drag shows, wow. which was on 12th and Ocean for so many years, the gay beach shifted there immediately. And the gay beach remains on 12th and Ocean. And no matter what happens, I got to say, the palace continues to be an icon and a defining spot. Just like Twist, which yeah. um, Wednesday night, Twist turned 26, older wow. than most of your dates, John. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have been reading up on it. <laughs> I, was, I was at Twist, proclaiming at Twist Day on Miami Beach. And it, it's so funny because I was there 26 years ago on opening night. Wow. And it's hysterical to me that I'm here all these years later um, still representing the community. It's it's uh, funny. Well, you represent them well. We got to go top of the hour. Uh, Michael Gungara, City Commissioner of Miami Beach, thank you for coming by and talking to us. Thank Have fun you. on your Pride Tour. Yes, thank you. I hope to see you. Come out, come out. I will. I, I love Miami. <laughs> it's, it's, it's concluding in P-Town for 4th of July. There you go. All right, gang, thanks <laughs> for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Three gay caballeros. Yeah. <laughs> Ricardo Lara is in the studio. Daniel Hernandez will be here any second. Welcome, Ricardo. The sidebar with John Duriette. Oh, I love it. It's, I've been waiting to be on the <laughs> I show. I know. It's so cool. So those of you who don't know, they're listening all around the country, Ricardo is our first openly gay constitutional officer in the state of California. He's our state insurance commissioner. 
About time, right? About time, I know. You would think in California this would have already happened. No, you're the first, Mio. You are the first. But not the last. (laughs) Hopefully not the last, but you are the first. You came from kind of a, like me, a lower middle class upbringing. You were southeast LA. I was over in Whittier, Santa Fe Springs and and rose to become the, the elected official that got more votes than any other, I think, LGBT person in the country. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, you represent you know, 34 million people? Uh, yeah, around there. I mean, close to 40 million Californians. That's amazing, Ricardo. It's it's great. You know, it's a you know, but my story is our story. It's the American story. And only is the story of us of who we are as a community possible in this country. Yeah, very very true. And I was uh we, we were talking uh you and I yesterday, as insurance commissioner, people are probably saying, well, what can he do as an LGBT person for our people? Prep. I mean, right. tell them what the problem is with prep and the insurance company. Well, you know, now serving in this capacity as the insurance commissioner for the state of California, not only do I represent the largest insurance market in the country, but fourth in the world. Uh, and what does that mean in terms for, you know, our average constituent, average person who's, you know, trying to make ends meet? Well, I got... After I won this election in November, I got several cases where people were calling me, and these are gay couples who are now having children, they're buying their homes and needing to buy insurance and buying life insurance. And they were saying, when I disclose that I'm on PrEP, because when you're going to apply for life insurance or try to purchase a product, you give your historical health record, and they would disclose that they were on PrEP, and they were either being denied access to a life insurance policy or they were being charged higher rates because somehow they were thinking that being on PrEP was riskier behavior. I know, and it's supposed to reduce risk. That is the whole point of PrEP. Insane, it right? Is insane. It is completely the opposite. Yeah. What we want to promote is PrEP is a preventative measure. It's actually keeping you healthy. And I'll, I'll, even you would be surprised, John, even in California within my own department, hearing our health actuaries and health experts talk about PrEP, you know, and how they were communicating this to the community, were saying, um, essentially, well, PrEP and Truvada is used for the prevention of HIV in risky behavior. And I'm like, absolutely not. Right. It is the opposite. And if we're going to want insurance companies to do the right thing, we need to start start changing the message. Well, and the risky behavior, I guess, means gay sex. That's that's what's implied in that, is that somehow exactly. gay sex is riskier than heterosexual sex, and you can get the same STDs, STIs, exactly. as straight people. Now, I, I told my staff, if you want to mention that just sex is risky in general, that's fine. Yeah. But simply categorizing gay sex as riskier somehow is completely false. Well, it's stigmatized, I guess, from the old right. days of HIV and AIDS. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so having me now at the helm of the insurance department, being able to change that rhetoric, we did, we launched an investigation after several of, uh, you know, my friends and people were just calling in complaining about this issue. So we found, even though California law explicitly bans insurance companies from not providing uh, these products to folks who are on Truvada, PrEP, and PEP, they were still doing it. And so we launched an investigation where we sent our undercover agents and they did an analysis and found that several insurance companies were either denying claims, denying the policy, or making people pay extra. And so we immediately just sent uh, a communication yesterday saying they need to stop this behavior or else we're going to have to take them to court. I love that you sent an undercover agent. You mean people pretending to be gay? I mean, is, that, is that what that means? Yes. We were, trying, we, were, we were getting people to, you know, pose as gay couples, identifying themselves were as... Were they gay or were they straight people you pretending know, to be... I can't tell you. But I, just I want to see what kind of lessons you gave them on how to act gay. Right? Um, you know, they're professionals. They're yes, professionals. they're professional gay players. <laughs> Gang, we are just been joined by Daniel Hernandez, Arizona State Rep, uh, who just got out of a cab and you made it. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks for having me. I'm excited uh, to be here. So I've got... We, we played three gay caballeros, Donald Duck's theme song, before you got here. Because, <laughs> I mean, having two gay Latinos is one thing, but you have three gay Latinos. It's nothing but trouble. Let the chisme <laughs> fly. Let the gossip go. <laughs> chisme for days. <laughs> Daniel, you first got elected when? Uh, to the school board in 2011, but the legislature in 2016. So I've been in office since 2011. Wow. Time flies, huh? Yeah, I'm a very old 29. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's thriving in Arizona, honey. He's yeah. doing a great job. You represent the Phoenix area, yeah? No, no. No, I represent the Tucson area down to the border. Tucson. So I actually have all of Santa Cruz County, the largest port of entry in Arizona. So dealing with the migrant crisis, uh, education. We had the teacher walkouts last year, so it's been an interesting oh, time in Arizona. Oh, that is right. Yeah. I was telling the listeners before you walked in about your history, uh, Gabby Gefford's aid, and how you saved her life, in essence, and now became an elected yourself. Yeah, and I'm actually here in Florida for Naleo, where I'm speaking on school safety, talking about how we make sure that we keep students safe in our schools, and part of that is making sure we look at things like background checks and making sure that we push for better gun laws in the state of Arizona and across the country. Well, that's so you see, this has been so cool because here I am talking to the two of you, and uh, Ricardo's working on insurance, de- 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 denial of insurance claims on PrEP. People mm-hmm. are being denied uh, reimbursement on PrEP because it's supposedly it's so expensive, risky right. sexual behavior. Right. And you're working on gun control and gun issues, and it's so amazing to me that we're gone. We're no longer pigeonholed that we just do like gay rights and AIDS. We do right. we do everything. I had to learn about tomatoes because we have a big issue with tariffs. I, I've dated a few tomatoes <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's one of the nice things about having Latino electeds and LGBT electeds who aren't just pigeonholed and talking about just the one issue because of the amount of people who've gotten into office and over the years, the issues that we deal with are so much more complicated because we're dealing with the issues that affect the entire community, not just the LGBT or the Latino community. I think that's really great that now we're having to learn about denial of insurance or in my case, tariffs and how they impact the tomato trade. Wow. And the interesting thing, I think just we, uh, Daniel and a lot of us prove is that you don't have to come from a traditional gay community to get elected. Yes. I mean, we're getting elected everywhere and being able to champion those issues that are critical to those communities is key and we could do it as Latino, openly gay members of the community. Which is amazing. Guys, we got to take a quick commercial break. Gang, when we come back, we're going to keep talking to California Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara and Arizona State Rep Daniel Hernandez. Thanks for listening to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Sidebar with John Duran. I'm here with Insurance Commissioner from the State of California, Ricardo Lara, and Arizona State Rep representing Tucson, Daniel Hernandez. Welcome back, guys. What were we gossiping about before the commercial? Uh, we're, so wait, many things. Taylor Swift did what? <laughs> <laughs> no flag, comment. Right. The flag she's getting with her new song. Oh. She's, she inserted herself into the gay rights movement, yeah? Apparently, that's what The Onion says. <laughs> and that's the real news. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how popular uh, Donald Trump is in Tucson. I'm just curious. Is there a way to be negative in polling? Because if there were... <laughs> I think there is. Negative even the, what? Even the Republican... There are two Republican state electeds who have told me that they voted for a Republican that was not Donald Trump, which means they either wrote themselves in or voted for like Ronald Reagan. Wow. Um, even the Republicans don't like Donald Trump, which is why in 2016, he was less than four points away from losing the state of Arizona. So Arizona's in play in 2020, which is really exciting, but also a little nerve wracking because now we have to get our things together and actually get ready to take over. Yes, We're I, two seats behind in the state house, wow. um, which hasn't happened since 1962. Wow. Um, so and we're you really guys excited. elected a bisexual woman to the U.S. Senate. Yes. A bisexual, non-theist, <laughs> non-social worker. From Arizona. Triathlete. Yeah, I mean, she has five degrees. She's smart. Um, she's Sinema was who we're talking about, kids. Senator Cinema. I've known for a decade. I got to go to her swearing in, and I was so excited because I've known her for a decade. And I'm so excited that despite the fact that she was bisexual, non-theist, and had everything working against her, she was able to still beat Martha McSally in a year where we thought it would be a year for Republicans to yeah. take over and right. take that seat. And it didn't happen. Now, does Martha McSally have to run again in 2020? Yeah. <laughs> she has to run twice if she wins in 2020. So 
right now, Mark Kelly, who's Gabby's husband, is running for oh. the U.S. Senate seat against Martha McSally wow. in 2020. Whoever wins that will be up for re-election for a full term in 2022. So they don't even get to have a break. It's going to be like running for Congress for a U.S. House seat for two cycles in a row. And Mark Kelly has a chance? He's pulling one point behind, and I think that's the incredible thing that Mark is an astronaut. He was a Navy pilot. Um, he's one of the smartest people, similar to Kirsten, and I think that's the thing that we're going to need. We're going to need smart people to take on these Republicans to win in Arizona. So Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, and Arizona, and New Mexico all have two Democratic senators. Hopefully. Wow. That's the plan. That's, that's the, the plan. plan. Can we we're get taking Colorado? over the West. Can we get Colorado, too? That's the challenge. Can we get Hickenlooper to run for Senate and Senate president? That's what he should because right. that's what he should be doing. That's what he he's should one be doing. statewide. We saw him today at the Naleo uh, candidate forum, and yeah. he's a great candidate, but he's stubborn that he wants to run for president. So, and if which one of the candidates that came to Naleo did you enjoy and like? Yeah, let's a- let's uh, ask each other that, Daniel. Who did you enjoy and like? There's like the head and the heart answer, and I think I really enjoyed um, Senator Warren. I think mm-hmm. she's doing a lot better. I think she. The first time she ran, uh, sorry, the first time I started thinking about her as a candidate in 2016, I'm like, ah, she's kind of scary. But now she's thoughtful. Um, She has really great ideas. I don't agree with all of them. There are things that I'm like, oh, that's a little too much because I'm still in Arizona. Yeah, and she's running as a person on the coast, but uh, Senator Warren and I think um, Pete Buttigieg is also super impressive. And I was really excited. He knocked it out of the park yeah. today. He, so there too. were a lot of yeah. people who I was talking to who were like, "Quién es el Pete Buda 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 cómo se dice <laughs> Buda gay right. Buda gay Buda yeah. gay." Right. <laughs> no, you know, I, I think for me, um, Beto did a really good Beto job. Beto did a great job and from I'm Beto from, from Texas. You know, never hearing, never have heard these candidates before. Uh, and I just have a tough issue with, with you know, candidates that come out of Texas or red states because I'm like, you got to do the work like we did in California to turn your state blue before you're trying to make, you know, money moves to the presidency. <laughs> but he did a really good job today. And I, yeah. uh, I agree with Daniel. I think Mayor Pete did a, a fantastic job. I thought he was able to convey a very concise, sobering message without being doom and gloom. Yeah, uh, and and I think he did. He effectuated his his message very, very effectively. I was sitting next to a Republican who's on our board, and he was sitting there. And during Abuja Judge's comments, he turned to me. He goes, "He's really smart." I said, "Yeah, <laughs> he is really smart." And he's got that radio voice that's yeah. like so calming and yeah, yeah. soothing. So I mean. Yeah, I'm kind of fangirling. For but isn't that the problem that there's like 20 great candidates and yes. we need some of them to go down and run for things like Senate? Like Beto, God love him. I don't know if he's going to be able to break through. So maybe he right. should be going and running for that second Senate seat. But I have to say, too, the, the sobering and, and great thing that I saw amongst other candidates when we were you know meeting with them backstage was that they were all very, you know, genteel with each other. They were very, getting, yes. getting along. They were yeah. very... The, the camaraderie you could see, and that's something that we need more. You know, as, yeah, as those of us we ran for office, and right. you know, we we've had opponents, and being able to disagree and still run against each other in a way that's humane and not having to attack each other is something that was very sobering to right. see. Yeah, I agree. I was blown away by Beto. Beto came, so he came out to me. And I, I've met him a couple of times, and he came and goes, John Duran, you you have family in El Paso. I, I heard. I'm like, wow, where did, he's right. I'm like, did you just guess that? Or did you actually <laughs> Lucky do a little, guess. little right. homework? But I mean, the fact that he knew that. He clocked you, girl. He clocked me. He goes, your family's from New Mexico. Yeah, and you relatives in El Paso. I said, yes, yes, I do, sir. Wow. All right, Beto. All right. What do Go you want? ahead, Beto. So what are we going to do? Know your audience. Look, I endorse Kamala Harris because she's our U.S. senator. Right. I've known her forever. But now my heart is tugging away at going with Pete Buttigieg. And I don't know. Do I help both? I guess I help both. Yeah, I think there's a way for us to have a, a you know that dialogue. I, of course, also endorsed uh, Senator Harris. I think she's fantastic. Uh, and But being able to see uh, an openly gay candidate run for the presidency and do it in with such a way where you know he's intelligent he's eloquent and he's respectful and really sets a tone that we need in this country and he's a legitimate candidate that's the other thing legitimate right. absolutely legitimate candidate and i was raising kind of, people like senator gillibrand from new york right. who's been planning to do this for years and out polling it right right i was her. so proud I, I don't know if you guys felt the same way i was so proud to see somebody from our community up there you know 
pleading his case and showing why he he could be the next president of the United States. Yeah. That's something that I never thought growing up as yeah. a kid that I would ever see, right? I yes. Mean, right. And the leader of the Senate from Colorado who said, as a veteran, I want to thank you as a fellow veteran for your service. And I'm right. like, wow, right. this, I'm watching all my history collide because right. I got arrested in front of the Clinton White House over exactly. Don't Ask, Don't Tell, right. you know, 20 years ago. And now I'm watching a gay veteran talking to a straight like veteran. a Rhodes Scholar yes, like, and all right. the things right. that he has yeah. right. right. and we're I mean and again demonstrating in our community like we're everything and we're everywhere right we can yeah. be Rhodes we are Scholars every woman. we are I'm every woman <laughs> it's all in don't start don't get me started because I'll be here forever but to demonstrate that we're so diverse not only our ethnicities but our own life experiences right we have right. you know Naleo has proven and shown that there's LGBT Latino elected officials that are community college graduates that you know might not have the easiest start, but they're working. They went to state schools, Rhodes Scholars. We're everywhere and right. in every aspect of our society. And now we're getting elected in non-traditional areas and demonstrating that we can be electable, we can win, and we can promote great policies that affect everybody. Yeah, right. it's so cool. You guys both come from communities that are not readily identifiable as LGBT. West Hollywood, I mean, it's like the mothership, right? <laughs> <laughs> like the mothership for homosexuals. Where the women are strong and the and men, men are, are pretty. pretty. That's my line. That's my line wherever love I go. I, I love that. Someday they're going to start repeating it back to me. Right. <laughs> but I think it's incredible to finally be at this point where this is happening. You know, like, I got elected 20 years ago and it was a little, uh, even, it was, I think it was tough for me getting elected as a Latino in West right. Hollywood. Right. <laughs> openly real, I mean, real talk, oh, yeah. right? 85% white. My city's yeah. 85% white. So when I got elected, I brought a mariachi band for my installation. I'm like, right. I'm going to make this very clear. From the exactly. Very beginning exactly. That right I am right away, we get the Latinos right. elected, you bring the mariachi. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Before, when I did my kickoff in 2016, I brought a kid's mariachi for two reasons. One, you get cute kids in mariachi outfits, but two, their parents come, so your event looks twice as big. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Built in crowd. Oh. And She's our kickoff had like 250 people, the second highest kickoff of anybody other than somebody running for U.S. Senate in Arizona. And, and awesome. half of those half of those were the mariachi family. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> the parents come and they're like, what is this thing that you're playing at? And they're taking pictures and then... Oh, Built-in crowd, lots of white people who are like, what are these cute little kids doing playing mariachi? <laughs> that is I mean, so cool. But is that real? I mean, we always often talk about it as Latino LGBT leaders of of the need for our mainstream LGBT, you know, movement to diversify. I mean, right. I mean, I know, John, you always talk about that. I've experienced that as well, you know, that maybe but racism within our own community and, and when it comes to supporting LGBT candidates of color. I mean, have you had that same experience? Daniel? Lots of times. There are a lot of organizations that love putting me as a speaker at their event, have never done anything to help me. Um, they'll promote their materials. They'll put me on and I'll be the token brown person. And then I'll call and say, hey, I need help. Or, hey, can you help somebody else who's running that's a person of color? Oh, no, we already, you know, we have decided that. who we're supporting. Yeah, we, we did right. that this month. Right. right. <laughs> so the question is, would a brown or black openly gay person running for president receive the support that Mayor Pete's having? Were they better or we're going to have a, another <laughs> uprising? Right. Uh, I'm going to go with no. Not, not yet. <laughs> Although, I think it's interesting. Could we potentially have a nominee that's gay before we have a woman president? And I think oh, that might be that's more. that's possible. We got to do a quick commercial break. Guys, hang on. I don't want you to go away. We're having fun. Thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. All right, Jason, I love my pit bull. Oh, my God, reminds me of the guy I met last night. That's another story oh I'll tell God. you after the hour is over. She's always, always. <laughs> All right, we have been joined by Crisantha Duran, the Speaker of the Colorado State House. Welcome, Crisantha. Oh, thank you so much. Really happy to be here. Oh, my God, we got Denver, we got uh, we got uh, Tucson, we've got all of California and West Hollywood in the same room. I love it, <laughs> love it. Nothing you, but love. Nothing but You have been a straight ally to the LGBT community for so long. Why? Because I think it's so important that in these times when we have seen an elevation of hate and of fear in this country, um, that we are working for equality. Um, and I think that there are so many um, needs to have strong leaders that are really focusing on not only being supportive of the GLBTQ community, but being champions. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that is important because when we think about where we are at in this country and where we need to go, um, we have to 
to make sure that we have an inclusive America and that we are working to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table. And that's why I was proud to be able to support marriage equality uh, during the, t- the eight years I served in Colorado legislature. I was term limited in just January. Um, work on uh, advancing comprehensive sex education as well and really taking on some of the tough issues yeah. um, that are out beyond uh, what can be politically convenient uh, to be a champion and, and, and you're and running more for of Congress us. now. Oh, yes, yeah. I am. She's running for <laughs> people listening in Denver. This woman is, just think Duran Duran. This woman is running for <laughs> Congress. You can't go wrong with Duran. That's right. <laughs> That's, I'd love to have you go to Washington and shake it up, girl. Well, we uh, are shaking it up in, in Denver, Colorado. I'm running against an incumbent that has been in that position for almost quarter of a century by the time that this election will take place. Wow. And we are working to be able to make change. Um, and especially in these times when Donald Trump is in the White House, I think we have to be evaluating whether or not we have the right candidates in office. It is not enough. Is it a Democratic primary? It's a Democratic primary. Oh, you're primary. taking on a primary. But you know what? Between women voters and LGBT, you can put together the parts to do that, yeah? You know, the district has changed a lot in almost a quarter of a century. And the only thing that has not changed is its representation. Mm. And as we think about the issues that are at the forefront of people's minds, it is more important than ever that we have champions in Congress and that we have people who are leading that are not on the sidelines, but are actually throwing the ball down the field to be able to make change for everybody. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, and to our gay brothers and sisters in Colorado, I mean, you know Crisanta. I mean, she's been there forever. Yeah, she's yeah. been at the Prides. Yeah, she's not, not only has she been at the Prides, but she's supported and right. authored critical legislation. That yeah, yeah. I've, I've been with Crisanta at various events. She's a light of the party. You know, it, it's not it's not cool to say fag hag anymore, but I mean, she's like every gay man's <laughs> no. best friend. She's got all these gay besties. Yeah, She does. You know, I met Crisanta when we got elected together to our respected houses in 2010, and they sat us together at an Aleo new member, a new elected official training, and it was love at first sight. Aww. <laughs> you hear you. that? It's the same for me. <laughs> She's awesome. <laughs> She's awesome. Well, and you may remember the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, of course. Yes, I came out um, of Denver, and, yeah. You know, d- my last year during the time that I was serving as Speaker, there was an attack by the Republicans to defund the Colorado Civil Rights Division. And it was one of the very last things I was able to accomplish um, before I was term limited, was really pushing back um, and standing strongly with the GLBTQ community in Colorado um, to be able to get adequate funding for the Civil Rights Division and make sure that housing, workplaces, and public accommodations are free from discrimination um, in Colorado. And that's not just a fight in our state, it's a fight nationally. Right. Um, and it's been an honor to be at the forefront of a lot of these issues. See what I mean? There you See go. She's I mean? got it. Although if you were in West Hollywood... She has receipts, if you had, <laughs> She's got receipts. She's got receipts. You said GLBT. If you said that in West Hollywood, the lesbians... Well, maybe if straight allies get a pa- pass. I was always told you had to do L first because the lesbians always come first. And Fair I, enough. I, I got Fair chastised. Enough. But you know what? I don't. You, I can say whatever you want. I Colorado, they're all high. They don't know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so goes but, Colorado, so goes the nation. Should, yeah. but, but the work that Crisanta was doing in Colorado has served as a model for places like Arizona that are looking at, we got a Republican to actually co-sponsor similar legislation on employment non-discrimination, and we looked at what Colorado was doing on sex ed, on non-discrimination. So I think the work that Crisanta did as speaker was really pivotal to making sure that not only are we saying, here are people that are supporting the community, they're actually putting their money where their mouth is and actually getting things done for the community. I think that's the big difference between a lot of people. You know, the Coors family were our arch enemies forever. They're based in Colorado. Are they still around? Are the families pretty much gone? or They're still around. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Are they still causing trouble on the right? You know, um, they they definitely are involved. Uh, it's interesting <laughs> you say that. That last night I uh, was at Ken Salazar's home. He had a big event for our campaign. Uh, former U.S. Senator, and also uh, was in the Obama administration. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he ran against a member of the Coors family many years ago and uh, was such a trailblazer for our community in Colorado and nationally. And uh, very thankful to have his support and also uh, the support of Federico Pena, um, who was in the uh, Clinton administration and uh, was a former mayor of Denver. And so it was a wonderful celebration. I think things are changing in, in Colorado, and we had uh, just so much energy in the room yeah. um, with people from the district who are looking for change who are saying it is time for change and time for a new style of leadership for the future. You know, Salt Lake has
has a lesbian mayor. Did you know that? Right. Salt Lake City yeah. has a lesbian. I mean, I think there's change I mean, everywhere. And mayor, I mean, they're just winning. They're thriving. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's the year of the lesbian mayors. It's the year of the lesbian mayors. <laughs> Chicago. Shanta, there's a campaign strategy. Just tell them you've been a lesbian <laughs> all this time. And... I'm living for all these lesbians running for mayor. I mean, if anybody can get our books straight, right? <laughs> and build the deck. And, and, and get your financials in order. And get my car started because <laughs> I can get <laughs> I, I can't. We're done. Chris, I, I, I think it's so incredible that you're running and. I really hope you do well. You, um, who were you at the candidates forum this morning? Uh, I was not. I actually flew in late last night. A red eye flight. Uh, why is Hickenlooper running? I mean, I nice guy, governor of Colorado. I, I guess I can't really call out your your governor that way. But shouldn't he be running for Senate in Colorado? Well, you know that it may still be an option. I think people have been encouraging him uh, to run for the U.S. Senate, just yeah. like a lot of the other candidates who are running for president. Quite yeah. frankly. Well, yeah, um, they're all at like one percent, two percent. What's the filing deadline in Colorado? <laughs> yeah, he has a little bit of time. I think the window is continuing to close the more time that goes by Uh, but we have a lot of candidates that are running for the u.s senate right now in colorado um it's almost i think it's about a dozen candidates oh my gosh wow Uh, so lots of folks who who are stepping up to the plate to who's the incumbent in that seat that's a republican it's a republican it's a cory gardner gardner that's right yeah it's really been unfortunate to see since uh cory gardner beat mark udall um Mm -hmm. in the last senate election cycle how much you know cory ran on uh really being representative of all of Colorado and what we have seen is that he has been aligned with Donald Trump Why do over they do and that? over again. Why don't and they look at John McCain as a great example right. of you don't have to do that to win? Well, Donald Trump is definitely out of line with the people of Colorado. And That's so I think true. Cory Gardner is going to have a very competitive election through the end, and and it's also time for change to have a representative that truly understands Colorado. She's going to become Senate. a senator from Colorado someday. Look, I'll say I knew her when. Right. I knew her when at the Naleo like, conference. For president. Yes, yeah. yes, and I'm, I'll just be the first husband. They'll just. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Don't even have to change the monograms on the towels. First partner. First first partner, partner. yeah. I'll be the first lady uh, under a Crisanta doing administration. I like that. (laughs) Now, you're campaigning all over... Uh, Colorado. What I mean, what do you who do you date? Look at me. I'm going to get first. Hey, <laughs> wow, I'm getting right away. Right, right away for the cheese man. <laughs> right away. Let's get the Let's cheese, get the cheese man. We got all the politics out of the way. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I am so much in love with fighting for change. Somebody, she's dating all of Colorado <laughs> at once. Somebody the get her on Tinder. Oh, you know, she's like. What, was it the Virgin Queen, Queen of England? Like, I'm married to England. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, but I, I will, I will give you a little cheese, me. All right. I do have a wonderful man that is in my life. And I'm very Ooh. thankful for that. I am dating. Wow. I did not meet him on Tinder. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> You know, that's based in West Hollywood. West Hollywood. Tinder's based but, in West Hollywood. Daniel, you have to tell the story. Yes. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. I'm going to tell... You tell it. Or Rick Carlo you, will. Daniel opened a Tinder account for Santa <laughs> to get her to start dating, which I think that was a great thing to do. I mean... This forced what? her into it. Yeah. This, this yeah, is what gay besties do for their straight yes, women we friends. We take care of our girls. We take care. You know, who's going to criticize the outfit you're wearing? Who's right. going to tell you it's time for a makeup hair do-over? I mean, right. straight right. men don't. No, so no. that's what exactly. We're... They're going to lie to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that uh, Ricardo or you. John was like, "We need to give you dating advice." Yeah. I'm like, neither one of us have anything <laughs> right. to stand exactly. on. Exactly. We have no credibility to stand on. <laughs> I can give 20 minute dating advice if you want 20 minute <laughs> dating advice. <laughs> Get a name. It's not always optional. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's fantastic, and he's really understanding of you being out there campaigning and. Yes, yeah. definitely. Because I know it's hard. Always helpful, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. hard to be in politics and a relationship at the same time. Yes. Yeah, very thankful things are going well. Uh-huh. Uh, we're all going to have to meet him. Uh, this year. <laughs> I know. Now we're going to when we get offline, honey. I need to see a picture. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, we won't ask Ricardo or Daniel if they're dating. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, come on! What is okay, this? okay, that's your, that would that would be dating? discrimination. <laughs> oh, is it? Yes, Ricardo. I think you should fess up. You're no. very handsome. Oh, come you, on, darling. you know. You. Well, you know, I'm very busy. <laughs> You're married With, to the. State like, of California, to fifty million people. I, I am not married to the state of California. <laughs> I love them very much, and I'm, um, you know, 
I'm open to dating. Yes, why not? I love it. Daniel? If I had time, that's oh, the big problem. Oh, okay. Oh, man, we got to wrap up for commercial. I forgot. Sorry, gang. All right. We're <laughs> using a sidebar with John Durant here on Channel Q. I think that's still Pitbull, Jason. I, I love Pitbull. You can play Pitbull every week as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure, I'm sure that's Shakita or somebody. Somebody in here, correct me if it's not Pitbull. Jason, who was that? No, Jason's not on the air with me. All right. <laughs> Gang, we're here with Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara from the great state of California, uh, former Speaker of the House in Colorado, Crisanta Durant, and Arizona State Rep, Daniel Hernandez. And uh, we only have a few minutes left, guys. What should we do to close out? I Thank you all for coming over, leaving the conference, and coming on the air with me. I so appreciate it. You know, it's great to see so many young, new up-and-coming elected officials uh, from throughout the country, again, engaging in Naleo, an important organization yeah. that now I'm going to have the honor to serve as president. Yes, you are the incoming queen yes. of the board yes. of directors, Ricardo Lara. The crown. The House over. of Victoria finally House. taking over. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what we called our group of Latino LGBT elected officials, the House of Vic. Victoria. <laughs> Dominic uh, Moreno, also from Colorado. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it'd be great to now have, especially coming into 2020 elections. Yes. Uh, somebody at the helm of one of the most important Latino organizations advocating for census, advocating for our rights as a community to be head now by a Latino gay man I for the first time. I think it's amazing. And over here, chairman of the board of the education fund. Got yes. your back, baby. Yeah. I got your back. And with the and CEO. CEO, Arturo Vargas. Three so should we men. call it Gay Leo now? Gay Leo. <laughs> <laughs> the Gay Association of Latino. But I don't think the Texans would appreciate uh, that. They will. You'd be surprised. <laughs> there are a lot of gay Texans. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting into your dating life. I see. Straight but curious, Ricardo Lada. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, give Texas a, I, te I give Texas boys a chance once in a while. <laughs> Chrisette, I'm so sorry you've been exposed to all this. <laughs> oh, it's been fabulous. It's so good to see everybody. It's I like know. The relationships in this room go back a very long a time. A long time. On this journey, yeah. fighting together, and uh, it's just amazing to get everybody the energy in this room. Yes, it's, it's, it's I wonderful. love it. The energy is infectious, and we got to get <laughs> and we got to get people to go. People in Colorado, if you're listening, get behind Crisanta yes. Duran, and I should give you I should give you your campaign. I have, I have a yet. contribution envelope oh, for an amazing deadline, end of the month. There you uh, go. Go to DuranforCongress.com, please. Awesome. Today. Save those signs. I may need them someday if Adam Schiff ever goes anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we can recycle some signs, right? Oh With the Duran name. Go. Just yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Green campaign signs. <laughs> so my sister ran for the legislature, and I was like, you should have the same logo so we can just put up Hernandez for State House everywhere. And she's like, no, I want my own. But it's yeah, a good idea. Not. Save yeah. some money. Save signs money. are expensive. See. We got one minute left. All right, gang. I guess we got to wind. Let me thank my, uh, my, uh, Stefan, thank you so much for opening up Power 96 to us and 99.9 uh, 99 .9 Country Kiss here in uh, in Miami. Uh, thank you for hosting us today. Thank you, Insurance Commissioner Lara. Thank you. As, as gracias. Uh, Madam Speaker Duran. <laughs> Just call me Crisanta. Uh, <laughs> State Rep Daniel Hernandez. Oh, my God. I would love that we could do this again. You guys have to come to L.A. and, and we'll do it again. Yeah. We have to, absolutely. We have to. All right, next week on Sidebar with John Duran, we are having the CEO of Naleo, Arturo Vargas, on in Los Angeles, and Jenny Pizer, lead counsel for Lambda Legal Defense, will be my guest. I hope you all tune in. Have a wonderful weekend in St. Petersburg Pride, and if you're gearing up for New York, World Pride is next week. Look forward to seeing you all in New York City. Thanks for tuning in to Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q.